It's your boy Rabino. And this DJ Erm in the building. And you listen to the Up and Up podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What to do, what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up Network. I'm your host, Rabino. And I'm DJ Erm, man. What's up, boss? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, bro. Yeah. You know how I'm feeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how am yeah. I feeling? Blessed, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Blessed, man. Um, yeah, man. We'll just leave it at that. I'm yep, blessed, yep. and I'm grateful for the moment. Um, for those of you first-time listeners and, of course, the consistent listeners, welcome to the show. Uh, as I stated, this is the Up and Up podcast. This is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? Yeah. We do it by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements. All that. All right. <laughs> okay, you ad living today? Okay. Yeah, bro. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, but, man, yeah, the hustlers, the shakers, those who are honestly breaking down barriers and, and paving, paving ways and, and carving lanes, um, not only for all of us here, but for the next generation, right, yeah. coming from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like I said, shout out to the consistent supporters, viewers, listeners. What do we call them up here? Family. Family, right? Yeah. La, la familia, man. La familia. Shout out to y'all. We appreciate y'all. Um, keep the support coming. We're going to keep supporting y'all, right? Yes, sir. Um, Cool, man. I'm feeling good. Shout out to the team. Shout out to the people in the building, right? Always got to make sure we recognize them. Yes, sir. Right? Oh, they get mad at me. Or, oh, maybe, they, maybe they get mad at me. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm feeling good. Um, And like I said, man, what we're here to do is provide a, a space for people to speak power to their journeys. Like, like I normally say, we do. Um, and today's guest, man, honestly, is someone who I would say is truly the definition of what it means to uh, walk in your truth. Yeah. Right. Um, and fully take ownership of your life story. Yes, sir. Uh, he's definitely a true culture cultivator who's keeping everything he's doing on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to give a little more insight on the brother, he is the CEO and founder of nonprofit Push for Dreams, uh, best selling author, renowned speaker, leadership consultant, um, and mentorship advocate, and really just uh, an overall force for change. Right. Yeah. If you just want to kind of compile all of what oh, I just yeah. said right there. Yep. Um, and honestly, to go a little bit deeper, interesting enough, he earned his nickname PUSH, uh, which stands for Persevere Until Something Happens. Mm. Um, and that's exactly what he looks like. He's been on a mission to unlock not only for all of us, but you know, for the many lives and minds he's been able to change and shift, right? Yeah. Uh, for a better tomorrow. We're honored to have the brother in the building with us, man. We're excited. So without further ado, let's just get straight to it. Our guest is none other than... The leader himself, the fearless leader himself, hey. Dr. John Push Gaines. Can we get a round of applause? Yeah. Give it up, give it up. How you doing, boss? Good, fam. Good to be here. Yes, sir. Dope, dope intro. I think one thing on the intro, as I, I was thinking as I walked in, is like my greatest joy is to be a husband and a father. Mm. Yes, sir. And I've, especially these last couple years, being out front mm-hmm. i'm really a cat that loves to be behind the scenes and so uh shout out man to my wife to my kids yeah, yeah. two one on the way mm, congrats. hey yeah, congrats, congrats man. congratulations yeah. so good yeah. to be here thank y'all man thank oh, you for man. being here bro I, pleasure you, to have you bro yeah man it's, it's long overdue but it's right on time yeah. right i always say yeah. that um so i don't know how familiar you are with the show we always start every episode with the quote of the day right something to get the vibe right get the mood right conversation yes, started sir. Brother Man Erm. Yes, sir. He's the man of the quotes, man. What you got for us, boss? Yeah, man. So, uh, well, before I drop the quote, um, it was thanks to John I found this quote when I was doing research on him. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy because, anyways, I'm just dropping the quote. An intro for <laughs> yeah, the quote? Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying, man. This is a first, you I'm know, because uh, you know how we do the one word. So, you know, yeah. my one word, and it really gave me a different perspective on it. So, mm. yeah. So, anyways, the quote of the day today is legacy is not leaving something for people, it's leaving something in people. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah, it was dope. That's when real. I heard it, I said, damn. Yeah. yeah. It hit me, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This idea, this idea of seeds, I was uh, talking to wifey this morning, and I shared with her the palm tree, right? I don't know if you ever researched the, the palm tree, mm-hmm. but they're found where... There's a lot of hurricanes and storms, mm. and it says that when the when the palm tree when it's in the middle of a hurricane, uh, 
hundred, you know, fifty mile per hour winds. Mm-hmm. It says it's actually making uh, the roots stronger. Mm. So even if it's knocked down, it grows back a lot stronger. So the things that are happening around it, right? Yeah. And I think when we talk about perseverance until something happens, mm. I that's what I that's what I want people to understand. Yeah. But more importantly, I want them to understand that the most important asset we all have is that seed, mm. right? Like yeah. the palm tree. So when the hard times mm. and troubles come, yeah. I hold on to, like my grandma, granddaddy, <laughs> they, mm. didn't, they didn't leave me a dime. Yeah. But they left me a lot. Mm. Legacy, yep. right? Mm. Lessons. Yep. Like yep. that, great seeds that yeah. will sustain, you know, any storm. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, see, I, that's a great way to put it, bro. Because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's like tangible versus intangible. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it's great to leave a legacy in terms of things that people can um, tangibly own and have. But like you said, there's some intangible lessons and, and just things that be that are instilled in us that will never yeah. that will never um, never perish, never leave, bro. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. That's a good quote, man. Oh, man, it was fire, man. Salute. Man, I was like, Salute. oh, yeah. What, yeah. what part what part hit you? I know I'm here um, to answer the questions. <laughs> just pretty much like how we're just explaining how like leaving leaving stuff for people is cool, but. When you leave like lessons, yeah, that thing is gonna last forever and it's gonna last longer than material stuff or whatever. So it gave me a different perspective on that, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, man, that's probably the realest stuff I heard in a minute, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, that's good, yeah, man. yeah, that's good. Well, well, John, um, like you know, like I said, uh, the platform is built on giving people a chance to talk about their journeys and and yep. the paths they've been on. Um, but before we kind of get into your journey, I am curious, just I touched on push as an organization earlier in the intro, but um, from your perspective and viewpoint, like how would you describe kind of push as like a brand organization and movement and like what you guys are aiming to impact and affect if you could? Yeah. So for me, push. So I wear these push bands. I'm gonna make sure I get y'all some. Oh, yeah. So push started as a text message to some of my guys. So. Uh, like Avery Bradley, who played in the mm-hmm. league, Abdul Gaddy, who mm-hmm. played at, who yeah, played yeah, at yeah. UW, Shout right? out to them. Yeah. Uh, so some of those cats, like back in the day, we all went to high school together. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I graduated, I would text those cats, like, something inspirational, and then I'll say at the end, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. I heard this message from a pastor a long time ago when I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He just kept saying, you know, keep pushing. He gave different acronyms for it. And I said, one day I'm going to do something with that. So I started with the text. And then one of my guys, there was like six of them on the chat, was like, yo, you you really have to stop texting us every day, bro. Like, it's you know, I, I get up at like four. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, like, bro. Yeah. So you're spamming them. He, he's like, we need something else. And so I talked to one of my guys. He was like, man, just make like a shirt. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? You get a couple wears out of the shirt. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to make a push, like a band. Mm. That's when like the I love boobies and, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Everyone, yeah. The, uh, the live strong. Yep. Yep. So I was like, I'm about to make a band and we just we just rock with it as a reminder, really to some of my guys. And then they're like, let's, let's do something, you know, for the homeless population in Tacoma. Mm. I'm like, cool. And so we started doing, you know, doing things like that. And then through that journey, man, I was, a, uh, as a young kid, I was kind of a mute. Um, had a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. So speaking was never something I could see myself doing, right? Damn, but through yeah. that, I found my voice, found my story, mm-hmm. and was like, yo, I want to speak and inspire. So that's kind of how it started. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Man. No, and I, that's why I ask those questions for people who we have up here, because it's like, you know, you have one way in which you kind of generally describe yeah. things, and then it's like, I don't know, I just feel like the vantage point that you have just um, gives it a different look. So thanks, yeah. thanks for sharing that, bro. Yeah, that's dope. So uh, I kind of want to take it back. Just your upbringing, um, obviously where you're from, growing up, uh, yeah. Tacoma. So uh, yeah, just talk about that for a little bit. Man, so Tacoma. So there's a documentary right now. Uh, it's titled "Since I've Been Down," and so I just I would encourage anyone that, especially from the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. to watch that documentary. The opening scene uh, is my cousin's car was shot like 50 times. So this is how close that documentary is to home, right? And mm-hmm. so we all know like in the early 90s, it was the CD mm-hmm. in Seattle and the Hilltop in Tacoma, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. the Hilltop had some of the highest drug and crime rates in America, man. But uh, a lot of the stuff that was happening in Tacoma, I was so close to a close proximity, bro. Like it was going on in my home too. Mm-hmm. So my father wasn't, you know, in my life and, my mother used drugs. Mm-hmm. So even if, even in the beginning when I talk about this speech impediment, 
is because I was born with drugs in my system. So man, I was I was birthing it. Mm. Um, yeah. And so just around the the chaos, man, and just the day to day of it. I was talking to one of the OGs the other day, and he was like, man, he he was like the like Hilltop Crips. He said they used to get put on in my basement. Wow. Yeah. He was, he was you know what I'm saying he's yeah. a uh, college degree played college basketball. He's he's older than me. Yeah. But he was like really breaking it down. He's like people don't know because it's not something we talk about. Yeah. He's yeah. like they don't know how close. I didn't even know that, and I know yeah. him as a mentor. Yeah. I don't. I didn't know how close I was to it. Yeah. Right. Because when you're in it, it's just like two different worlds. This is part of life, and so yeah. for me, like a couple years ago, and it was like there's a documentary. It it took me. Four days to watch this documentary um because it brought up a lot of stuff right mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of like trauma yeah and no one i didn't know like my cousin's car i remember going to my auntie's house he was shot six times he survived but i remember going to my auntie's house and they're cleaning out the wounds you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's one thing for people say you need to watch it to see what tacoma i'm like turn it on i'm like this is traumatizing yeah like yeah. i remember yeah. eight-year-old yeah. boy going to go to auntie's house yeah. and she's cleaning out you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, it, it yeah. was real, but um, I love where I'm from. It, mm-hmm. it made me who I am, but that was that was my reality, man. And so yeah. when I was uh, seven years old, my mother passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that point on, I realized it's not really what happens to you, but it's it's about how you respond, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Because yeah. the one thing is true: we've all been through something mm-hmm. in this life, right? Yeah. Um, and we'll all go through more. That's just the reality of it. Most yeah. definitely. But even going back to that palm tree, like it only makes us stronger. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that was that was just the beginning stages. Yeah. yeah of my life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Thanks for sharing yeah, that, bro. Thanks and, for sharing. Um, yeah, especially about the documentary. That's interesting because it's. I think it's a rare occasion to have something like that. Yeah connect you but um i am curious just kind of growing up and i know i know your organization works with um you know the term they use is at risk youth right yeah um i just kind of wanted to get your thoughts you growing up and kind of being in that environment um the term at risk kind of can be like an outside looking in type of perspective right saying oh that person's at risk but do you feel like most kids that obviously for them that's their norm um until someone points it out that hey this is a problem um, like for you, what was that like navigating? Like, at what point did you realize, like, oh, I need to kind of see this as not the norm and maybe try to transition out of that, or or look at something yeah. different? Yeah, that's a good question, man. I think uh, I think about my grandfather. Like, <laughs> uh, he was one of the first cats to tell me he was like, when you start speaking, make sure you have a sweat towel because I sweat a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> oh, that's where but, the towel comes from. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay, okay. But I, I think about my grandfather, man, who taught me so many lessons. But one thing I learned from my grandfather, uh, like who you are in private is who you are, mm, right? Mm. And so for me, just mentorship was key. But as I was mentored, even in that environment, when they said kids at, at risk, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I had a mentor when I was young who was like a man of integrity. And he said, I don't believe in at-risk youth. Mm-hmm. Right now, it, you might see it on like the website because that's what funders they want to see, right? Yeah. As we go into the terminology yeah, that right? that's yeah. used. Yeah. yeah. But he said you're you're a kid at Hope and he was a retired police officer. Um and I used I used to go I used to go run these stairs uh in Tacoma, Stadium High School. Mm-hmm. So they it's a stadium bowl, they had these stairs. I used to go run those stairs when I was eleven years old. It was in my outlet. Mm. And I met this cat who started this camp for kids at Hope. Yeah. Mm. And so <laughs> there was wow. there was a lot of cats. I mean, I just talked to one of my guys a couple weeks ago two-time felon, mm. um, and we just were talking about the language. And, and we were reflecting back. I said, by the time we were in fourth and fifth grade, he was like, I already knew where I was headed, right? Mm. And I'm like, he's like, but now he's out, you know, yeah. kids. He's like, I want to give back. So I think the reality is a lot of kids had similar stories to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's grace, right? Yeah. A yeah. little bit of luck. Yeah. But really just like, getting connected to the right mentors yeah. and then being receptive to it. Cause yeah. we, we were talking and he was like, man, I remember they used to have people come in uh, and they would say whatever, but there were things where I would just listen mm-hmm. and sit back and was like, yo, there's actually more, mm. you know what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. more than just this environment. I don't have to be a product of my environment. My yeah. environment is going to make me who I am, mm-hmm. but I don't have to follow in the footsteps of what I see every single day. So mentorship, 
yeah. really changed my life. For yeah. Sure. No, I, I I just bring that up because I know how pivotal those p- that period of time is growing yeah. up for for kids, teens, and that whole thing. And so, um, that's great. That's a great perspective, though. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. So, like, um, going into like high school and like you know teenage years and stuff like that. What were like, I guess, some of your goals, some of the stuff you're like looking forward to, like, you know, yeah, kind of like pursuing. Yeah. Look, could I, could I be real? Like, oh yeah, be, yeah. yeah be See, this is the platform yeah. to be real. I, don't I know, especially like black man and mental health. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So in high school, man, I str- I had severe de- depression. Mm. Um, and so we talk yeah. about goals. I think, uh, especially as a young black athlete from the hill, there's five spots on the you know basketball team, eleven yeah. on the football team. So from jump, I was taught to compete with mm-hmm. my brothers, right? Yeah. Um, and so based on my own life circumstance, I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to get one of these spots. And it was either, it was what I saw, right? It was, I'm, I'm trying to get to the league. Yep. Trying to be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And so for yep. me, when I, man, by the time I got to high school, like I couldn't, I couldn't read mm. going into my freshman year. My brother put me into a private school. Mm-hmm. So... I was culture it, for me. It was a culture shock. Yeah. Right. I remember <laughs> being more afraid, like walking down the halls of this private school, than I was twelve midnight on the hilltop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm I'm kind of going through all these things, and I never share my story. I didn't share my story for the first time till I was 22 years old. Mm. Right. So no one no one knew because I didn't want people to feel bad for me or feel yeah. sorry. Like yeah. oh, you know what I'm saying? You. Like you didn't so want to kind of burden like, people. Gonna, with yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. Like I'm gonna prove my dad wrong. Who about like I'm. Like I'm using all this stuff yeah. <laughs> as motivation. Yeah. But because of that, by the time I was a senior, like captain of the football team, captain of the basketball team, captain of the track team, and it was one of the first times I realized like this isn't normal. Mm. Someone was talking uh just about the Mamba mentality mm-hmm. and how it's good in phases, but this not sustainable. Mm. <laughs> like you can't have the mama mentality. Like you need because yeah. people I don't, yeah. if you don't really know like Kobe's story, they just take Mamba mentality. I'm a grind, grind, yeah. grind. Yeah. Go, go, go. Prove. Yeah. And that's not what he meant. Yeah. Right. He was a family man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He it's focused. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so for me, it's like, yo, I realize like this isn't healthy. This isn't normal. And that's when I realized I like I've been having depression, man. And so high school was high school was difficult, man. Mm. It was it was uh, it was a time I look back on and I'm grateful for it. Mm hmm. It really it shaped who I am, and I'm I'm grateful that I was able to experience what I experienced in high school because I was able to find my voice. Mm. I didn't start speaking until four years, you know, after high school. But just through those seasons, man, like people talk about mental health. I remember talking to my brother, and I'm like, "Yo, I'm depressed." He's like, "What you mean?" Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. This yeah. was like, yeah, you know, he's like, it wasn't you? back then. It wasn't. It wasn't a, it's like, not a. It's not a thing you talk about. Exactly. Like, it wasn't even something you would mention. You know. Yeah. Came and mentioned it. You know, like you're weak, or yeah. And so for me, and he didn't necessarily say that. I just remember like the look on his face, like, yeah, nah, this isn't this isn't normal. Yeah. yeah. But I realized even at that point, no, this is normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it saved my life. Learning yeah. how to talk about it. Yeah. Right? So I still have people in my family that grew up, you know, right next to me, or people in the community that never talked about some of the stuff we went through. Like, mm. bro, that's not yeah. that's not normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they. You don't necessarily talk about it, but it comes out in different ways and forms. I don't know if it's in private or in public, but for me, yeah. speaking became an outlet, man. So just yeah. learning, like seeing speakers. I remember reading about great uh, spoken word artists. And for me, all I heard was like the art of storytelling. And and from our stories, I believe there's healing. And so high school, man, for me, it was I didn't I didn't start speaking in high school, but because I was able to like learn more about myself, it yeah. definitely helped me get to where I'm at today for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I think that's important, man, because I, I feel like um, some people go through it and don't even know, too, yeah. at the same time. You mm-hmm. know, they, mm-hmm. they're probably just like, oh, I just felt it, but they don't really know what it was. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just glad I'm glad you shared yeah. that, bro. Like, yeah, it, that's, it's, it's important. It's just know? crazy how the things that are viewed weak are actually the strongest things to do. Straight up. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah, just like we live in a society where we kind of everything's flipped yeah. on it. You know, it's like yeah. it's the opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Now... I want to talk about uh, East Central a little bit. East Central University. Um, I think everybody's college experience is 
one of one, right? No matter where you went. Yep. Um, so just talk about <laughs> talk about your time there. Obviously, you did play sports. You were an athlete, but just like how would you describe kind of what that experience was like and how it shaped you? Yeah, man. East Central was one. People ask me all the time, like, how'd you end up <laughs> in Ada, Oklahoma? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. opposite. Even it's yeah. all is brown. You know what I'm saying? Ada, Oklahoma. One, it was free, but by that by that time when I was in, so I, I started at Eastern. Mm-hmm. Eastern Washington. Shout out to okay. the Eagles, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, but my first, like my that <laughs> first four to six months, it was wild. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. I yeah. I was trying to fit in with the crowd, so I knew I had to bounce. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I need to go. So whoever, basically, it came to the point whoever's offering scholarships, right? Yep. And so that was one visit I went on, and they gave me an opportunity, bro. And it was a, it was a great experience, man. I just met with my college coach who has since retired. He, he was up in this area. And I'm like, you, he talked to me about stuff that I'd never heard from a man, like mm-hmm. how to be a great husband and a great father. Yeah. It wasn't just the X's and O's. My senior year, we won a championship. Yeah. But it wasn't just the X's and O's. And I sat down with this man, and I was like, yo, thank you. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And that experiences like that was what allowed me to, find who, you know what I'm saying, find yeah. my own voice. And so even sure. my senior years, that was the first time I shared, you know, shared my story, mm. man. And so uh, didn't go to parties, um, you know, 4.0 student. Yeah. Literally changed my life based on, again, thinking about mentorships. I just talked to a couple of my guys. We just, we were tight mm-hmm. in college. And mm-hmm. one of them uh, works with USC. Okay. Executive with USC. Other one is the cornerback uh, coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. And us three... We just always rocked, and we talked mm. about vision. We talked about things, and the cats that didn't do that, it's crazy. Like, looking back, 10, mm-hmm. 15, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They're still doing the same stuff. Yeah. So I talk to these cats all the time. Mm. Like, yo, those conversations were some of the most important conversations. Yeah. Before podcasts, yeah. we yeah. should chop it up in the dorm room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it, cha- it changed my life. Real talk. No, that's um, important, man. Yeah. It's crazy because you always hear that. Like, you know, college is where you do meet some of those lifelong friends or lifelong connections, even if you're not going to see each other forever, but yeah. those connections that you make, you know what I mean, are are, are cemented and, and can kind of uh, determine your trajectory, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Outside of just academics and all the things you accomplish. Yeah. So that's that's a great message, bro. Um, but what was it like playing playing ball there, though, too? Um, you said you guys won a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's that like, balancing being f- focused on sports, but also <laughs> knowing that, hey, maybe there's more for me out there? yeah. What's that like? I, I go to so my junior year, we had because we had an identical team my junior year, senior year. Junior year, we went zero and eleven. <laughs> we Man. didn't we wow. didn't win any games, wow. right? So we get to my senior year, I was captain of the football team. Um, I play running back. Okay. I play running back in college, and so captain of the football team. I'm like, yo, something has to change, and so we we started winning games. But my whole career, bro, like my my junior year tore my meniscus. Um, senior year, third game, was playing extremely well, mm-hmm. uh, running fast. I was training with some of my cats. One of my one of my guys played with the Niners, so I come home. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, I'm about to have All American season my senior year, and I'm trying. I'm still trying to get yep. to that yeah. next level." Yeah. Third game, dislocated my hip, mm. um, and so for me, it forced me to like find my purpose, mm. and I realized my purpose wasn't attached. To football, right? I know you guys had Doug on here. We just worked yeah. with Doug and, and Cliff at the Champions of Change. Oh, right? yeah. We, shout out to yeah, them, man. We partnered. Yes, so sir. shout out to them, the work they're doing. We partnered with them. But the dopest thing about those cats, like when I talked to Cliff or Averill, mm-hmm. like these cats, their purpose was never football. They play football because they're gifted athletes. Yeah. yeah. But it was never their purpose. They mm-hmm. were always thinking beyond. Yep. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. created for more. Yep. And that's why you see these cats thriving. And yep. then you yep. see some cats who retire and don't thrive, and I think it's the same thing, yeah. you know what I'm saying, in yeah. college, right? Yeah. yeah. And so for me, getting hurt was a blessing in disguise mm. because I was so locked in on football. Like, yeah. this is my purpose. Yeah. This is why I was created. But when I got hurt, I'm like, what else am I going to do? Mm. And it forced me to inspire in a different kind of way, mm-hmm. right? How am I going to inspire the kids that are looking up to me? I'm like, yo, I just want to share my – we all have a story. Yeah. We all, we've all been through something. And so if I could just share my story with the hope of sharing some hope yeah. and plant those seeds, leave true legacy, yeah. 
you know, that's my part. It was never about money, never about the stage. Yeah. Wasn't thinking nonprofit, wasn't thinking books. Yeah. Wasn't thinking consultant. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yo, I just want to share my story. Yeah. Thinking about the OGs that, you know what I'm saying, share it with me. Yeah. So it, it usually starts with that. Yeah. That just very basic, simple why. Yeah. It starts there. Like you say, you don't, you can't foresee what's going to come from that, but it does start with the why. And, um, seems like you found that at that, yeah. t- at that point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so, uh, I guess getting into to the transition out of college, what was that kind of like for you after leaving college? Still trying to figure out what was next. And so I, I'm like, yo, because it was still like searching for titles yeah, attaching myself to yeah. titles, so it's not NFL. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, what's the most attractive title in the career world? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's like, yo, I'm about to go take the LSAT. Mm. So I took the LSAT, yeah. got accepted into some law schools. Um, and but between that time, I, I took an internship. That's what they tell you, you know, take an internship. Yeah. So I took this internship in DC. It was a dope experience. I uh, had to talk with one of my mentors. And the reason why I talk about mentorship a lot, yeah. my dissertation for my doctor, I researched mentorship mm-hmm. and, and just mentors and their lived experiences, right? And so yeah. it's something I really value because I just thought about my life. And I believe every I believe every person, you move from good to great, right? We're all one mentor away, mm. right? That's yeah. really what I believe. And so for me, because I didn't have my parents, and I had to seek out mentorship. So that's yeah. why I talk about mentorship a lot, man. Mm. And so... Like, we just closed on a deal, right? Yeah. Real estate. Yeah. I'm calling, like, before I do anything, mm-hmm. right? I'm, that's that's it for me. So yeah. uh, <laughs> so this story's going to make a lot of sense. Go to D.C., sign this contract. Uh, it was like $48,000. That's That was a lot of money in, like, 2011. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, for an internship. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was a good Most internships yeah. aren't, aren't paid, not honestly. Paid, right? that, was, yeah. that was a good amount of money. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I signed this signed this contract and then called my mentor. I said, something doesn't feel right. You know, I'm here at Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. Yeah. This internship before I go to law school, I was like, something just doesn't feel right. And he said, uh, once you find your place, you'll find your purpose. And he said, I don't, he said you have to, like, pray about it. You have to kind of figure it out yourself. Yeah. But you got to find you got to find your place, mm. and then you'll find your purpose, man. And that night, I had a dream that I was in Tacoma speaking to young people. So I go to this guy, and mind you, he selected me out of like three hundred yeah. people from my college for this internship. Mm-hmm. So I go to this guy based on a conversation with my mentor, and said, "This isn't the right opportunity for me." Mm. He was like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, we invested. That's, a, that's conviction right they there. They had yeah, an apartment, <laughs> bro, an apartment on Capitol Hill at that time was crazy. It was like $1,800 just for one room. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I had my two-bedroom apartment similar to this kind of setup, you yeah. know what I'm saying, in yeah. Capitol Hill. And I said, this isn't for me. Flew back home the next day. Uh, but from that point on, I'm like, yo, mentorship is valuable. Yeah. And yeah. I, I have to stay true to my convictions. So even with yeah. that. But it wasn't like I'm about to go be this dope speaker. I was yeah. I still didn't have a purpose. Yeah. I knew it was I knew I would find it being back home. Yeah. I was like, yo, I got this, I got this business degree. Yep. I'm gonna go get my master's and then I'm gonna work at, at Microsoft yep. or Boeing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those are one of the two, mm-hmm. like yeah. at that time. Yeah. If you have a business degree, go apply or engineering. Yeah. yeah. Go apply to one of these one of these spaces, man. So I applied at the Boeing company, um, got hired there, and then worked there for six and a half years. Mm-hmm. But while I was working there, I uh, I started speaking to like some of the groups, mm-hmm. just kind of like you know what I'm saying. Just, yeah. just we we have these uh, they had these funds where they would give to the community, and they wanted someone to come and speak and, and talk about the importance of giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. And I was reading over these over some of like the stories, and what they have, you know, given money to over the years. And I came across a story. It was like in 1999 we bought a van for the Al Davies Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. And I was shook. I'm like, yo, like, this is the same van these people bought in 1999 when I was in middle school mm-hmm. playing peewee league yeah. football. Yeah. This same van, you know, would pick us up and drop us yeah. off. So yeah. I'm like, it changed my life. I'm like, man, this is how words are so powerful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Great, the great Maya Angelou said, words become things, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for me, I... At that time, I'm like, yo, my words are powerful. Mm. So in that, I knew Boeing wouldn't be forever. Mm. Like, man, I want to inspire people. That's a that's a um, yeah, that's what's up. Bro. No, that's that's powerful, bro. Because I think what you're what I'm getting from that is 
um, you're always where you need to be, right? Even if you're not where you want to be, mm-hmm. right? So, because there's a, we talk about this a lot. There's a lot of people who may be in certain situations professionally that may yeah. not want to, that may not be kind of what the what they want it to be the end all be all. Yeah. But while you're there, you can't limit yourself. You can still find ways to exercise other things. Yeah. At the same time, so that's what it seemed like you were doing, right? In terms of you were obviously working on bowling, but you were still finding yeah. ways to still. Uh, take those steps to get closer to the push organization yeah. and the platform, right? Straight up, yeah. And it's something that I have a call every Friday with two of my guys, and we answer three questions. Mm-hmm. What kind of husband have you been this week? What kind of father have you been this week? And what kind of business leader have you been this week? Mm-hmm. Every Friday, 6.30. A couple weeks ago, um, they, were, they said, man, how do you answer the question? And we all responded to, how do you answer the question, what do you do? And my response to them, it's not so much about what I do, it's who I am, mm. right? So we're talking about values. Mm-hmm. So if something is attached to my own values and my own mission, it's easy for me to say, yeah, because people will tell you entrepreneurship looks like this or working at a job looks like this. But for me, I've been able to build a platform. Mm-hmm. And people are like, man, what do you do? It's not about what I do, it's who I am. Yeah. And I, yep. I, I want to be an inspiration, right? Yeah. My mission is to inspire all people to push to make their dream a reality. Yes. Like that's my personal yes. mission, right? Yes. And so I attach myself to things that help me do that, right? So if, if I looked up the podcast and it yeah. wasn't like mission driven and yeah. I'm like, it's really not a good fit. And I'm not align. saying no because it's not a dope podcast. Yeah. I'm saying no because it doesn't it doesn't align with my values. So yep. people say you're busy. I'm not really busy because the things I do don't take a lot of energy. Like this does not take a, this yeah. is going to fill my cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of sure. how that's kind of how I how yeah. I move. And Boeing wasn't attached. It wasn't yeah. mission yeah. work for me, right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I remember calling some of my mentors, and sometimes I agree with them, sometimes I don't. I remember calling one of my mentors. I said, yo, I'm about to quit this job. What you going to do? I'm going to speak and to students. He's like, what? At that time, like, <laughs> people didn't realize, like, you, you can make money, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. For, but for me, I'm like, I just want to make an impact. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget, he says, you're crazy. <laughs> 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 they, always, they always say that. They always say that he about said, the ones who know what they want to do. He said, you're crazy. You're about to quit. What? And yeah. do what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, a month before that, Boeing, and it's not funny, shout out to Boeing, if anyone catches this, but they sent me to New York to ring the opening bell, like on national TV. Oh, wow. <laughs> Flew me out, five-star hotel. That's dope. $200 steaks. And I'm like, yo, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's oh, yeah, it was all bad, but that made a, it was all was, good. But yeah. I'm like, man, I already know that it's like, man, we're trying to build this guy up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Nah, you know what's interesting though is you you have um, I just see a trend right throughout your life of really leaning into kind of your belief in yourself, right? Without with with uncertainty, like I think that's the thing about whether it's entrepreneurship or just trying to start something of your own, like there's going to be uncertainty. So when you say, Hey, I want to go speak. And they're like, you're crazy. You're like, yeah, you're only saying I'm crazy. Cause it's not like paved yet, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am curious. Um, what was it like kind of legitimately starting the organization push? Um, like, did you have, how did that start? Like what were some things you learned early on that, that you can look back on? Yeah. So push. So I have, Push Inspiration is the LLC. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Push Push started, right? Yeah. And it was me, like, I was like, yo, I remember Facebook. It was, like, the only platform. So I put on Facebook. I'm like, hey, I'm a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. And then someone from, a, a lo- like, Todd Beamer. So, you know, Todd Beamer is a, large, a yep. large high school. Yep. So they said, uh, that's dope. Like, our speaker just canceled <laughs> for the MLK Assembly. Mm-hmm. But think about the story, right? Like, I was afraid <laughs> to yeah, speak, yeah, yeah. but I knew it was something I wanted to do. Yeah. So I remember, like, I, I looked at the messages because I still have them. I looked at them, like, a year ago, and I'm just, I was laughing because I was doing everything to get out of it. I didn't have <laughs> nothing to do. I was like, yo, I'm busy. Yeah. Like, I don't think I have time. Yeah, He's yeah. like, it's, it's only five you minutes. I'm like, five call. minutes? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn. But, I, man, I showed up to this school, and it just was a dope experience seeing really the young people inspired um you know, tears in their eyes, mm-hmm. just, just moved, right, yeah. by what I had to share, right? Um, what moved me moved them, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, that's how that's how the organization started. Fast forward a few years, I had some experience at the Boys and Girls Club, mm-hmm. just kind of working in the nonprofit sector. It was never like I want to start a nonprofit. 
I spoke at a boys and girls club gala, and there's funders there. Yeah, like some worth hundred million, like these family foundations, and mm-hmm. one of the family foundations pulled me to the side and said, "Yo, like we give money to organizations with missions, like the mission that you have for yourself." Mm-hmm. So they said, "You need to start a nonprofit." Yeah, I'm like a nonprofit that just sounds like a headache. Yeah. So that was a conversation I had. So this, I started Push Inspiration like 2012. 2015, spoke at this event. 2016, started the nonprofit. But I didn't go get the status, like my 501c3 status for another three years. Yeah. 2019, 501c3 status hits. Yeah. Pandemic hits. But then there's like so many people needed like virtual trainings. Yeah. Things only the nonprofit could do. So it came yeah. right on time. So mm. we really, I kind of sat on it for some years, didn't get this 501c3 that status until the end of 2019, yeah. beginning of 2020, yeah. pandemic hit. But, like, our work was needed. Yeah. We needed young people. We needed mentors. People yeah. was out in the streets protesting. Yeah. So it was right on time. So that's kind. Of, that's how That's how it started, man. Yeah. But it, the nonprofit work didn't really take off until the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, Dang. bro. That's, no, that's, a, that's dope, man. That's amazing yeah. because – that's just amazing to me because it's like um, – you kind of, uh, you kind of just, you, you bet, you're betting on yourself in a way. Um, and the, I, I was talking to Chase. We always talk about this. I'm like, uh, if you stick around long enough, you'll learn how to stick around long enough. So if you, mm-hmm. you stick with something long enough, eventually you're gonna meet the right people. Yep. Uh, because they see your persistence and your commitment in it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but just from your perspective, you've obviously done a lot of speaking engagements and 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 talked and and spoke at a lot of places. Um, for those who may be listening and watching who are aspiring to become public speakers or motivational speakers and like, what's some advice you got for them? Because I feel like there's a lot of people who have stories such as yours or maybe similar Mm -hmm. that just, I don't know. I don't know what's missing. What's the missing piece? What do you think? Yeah, man, that's a good question. I would say if you want to be great, you have to get around great people. Mm. And so for me, there is a cat that uh, grew up in the same foster care agency that I grew up in, but he grew up in Oklahoma. And I, I obviously was here, so the shout-out to the Casey Family Foundation. Mm-hmm. They do amazing work, mm-hmm. headquartered in Seattle, but it's a national organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so got connected to this to this guy who had a show on MTV, one of the best speakers, and no one has really heard of him, but he was making, like, impact and income, right? So we say, like, the top motivational speaker, but this cat, young cat, he was, like, Forbes, 30 for 30, like, just brilliant mind, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't necessarily attracted to the income. It was more so, like, his mindset. And I'm like, he's so humble. No one even knows he's a multi-multi-millionaire. No yeah. one knows about the impact. You won't see a lot of it on social media, but this guy, he's yeah. in it for the right reasons. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I saw that he was speaking in Seattle, and I'm like, yo, it's like just knowing, like, when you're in your purpose – like, so you got to get in space with other mm-hmm. great people that are rocking in their purpose. That's real. So I said, yo, uh, I know you don't know me. We grew up in the same organization. I see, <laughs> looking up his schedule, I'm like, yo, I see you're speaking at this hotel. At this time, you're going to probably be about 45 minutes. You probably have a flight right after the next morning. Let me have, like, 10 minutes, please. Yeah. Like, I'll come help you sell merch, mm. whatever he is. Like, I, I have 20 minutes after the speech. This was... uh. This was like 2014. Okay. So sat down with him, and he just gave me game. Like, here's what you need to do. Like, get into it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, don't worry about the website. Get, you know, have a dope speech. Get someone to record it. Get a go- dope demo. And then from that, though, we develop a dope relationship. Yeah. He's also founded one of the, like, dopest and largest uh, agencies that markets speakers. Mm. And so based on that conversation, and it's like application, mm-hmm. I have some dope speakers. Like one of them texted me just a couple days ago. Yeah. Like really dope speakers. Some of the best in the world. One one of my guys texted me, he said, who's your top five? And he's in my top five. I'm mm. like, bro, you're one of the one of the best yeah. out of Atlanta. Mm. Wow. And and I remember him, shout out to my guy, I won't even say his name, but he applied to be in the agency and got declined. Mm. The reason why I share that is because when they called me, I didn't have to fill out application. Mm-hmm. I did the work in private. He knew I was in it for the right reasons. Yeah. So they called me. It was like, yo, my man said he's he's been watching you. Yeah. And now's the time. You want to join the agency. Mm. And they don't accept all the applications. I was like, what's up with the app? It's like, no, nah, we still got to see your books. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, got to yeah, make sure yeah, you're yeah, making yeah, some money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then send us, because it's easy to post the highlights. They, they said, send us an uncut, raw 45-minute speech. Mm. They said, but you're good, but we just got to make sure, like, 
you're doing some marketing yourself. You're yeah. making some money, some yeah. impact. Like it's yeah. real. And we have to see the uncut, not yep. the Instagram three yeah. minute, because yeah. everyone looks dope, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I sent them that man, and uh, so I signed on with them. Get this, right before the pandemic. Mm. <laughs> oh man! And it was the biggest blessing in disguise because they already had the infrastructure. Yep. They had the it's cameras. Important. They had the setup. They had you know customers that were ready for virtual engagements. Yep. So I was I was busy, right? Right in my and we were um we've been like we my wife and I we have some land and we're building this house. It's been a process, like a three year process. Yeah. So we're we're in like this a property that we own, but it's like a six hundred square foot apartment. I set up this dope corner with a backdrop, posters, cameras, bro. I'm doing virtual engagements yeah. across the nation just because I signed up. If it wasn't for that agency. I don't know. I didn't have the infrastructure to even market myself. Yep. No one's even thinking like that. That's but important. When you, when you get around dope people rocking yep. their purpose, yep. they were already thinking like, yeah. no, we already offer virtual stuff. Mm. Yeah. So mm. it was, it was, <laughs> so end of 2019 sign. I love that. Boom. I, I was love like, man, that. this is yeah. crazy how it works. I love that, brother. You know, that's my word, infrastructure right there, yeah. baby. I love that. That's because you, because it's so important, man. Like I said, we're sometimes on the outside making magic happen. Yeah. And but we don't have the infrastructure to yeah. facilitate and kind of help us just become better and get better without having to worry about a lot of other things. Yeah. So that's important. That's a great message, though, because I know they're out there, man. There's a lot of people who want to um, speak power to their journeys, and yeah. you got to yeah. get around the right people. Yeah. yeah. That's good. For real. So um, how do you, like, uh, prepare for, like, a speaking event? Like, do you have, like, a process you go through, or is it kind of different based on each event or, you know? Yeah, it's... It, it's different for sure. Mm-hmm. I went from, I think, man, y'all y'all going to get used to me saying mentorship. It's really. I'm going to have a counter right here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking to some of the greatest in the world, right? Yeah. And being in the room. So I, I was on a, um, I was on this Zoom, like this private Zoom with Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm this familiar. Was, yeah, this was like a few months ago. He's the number one motivational guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And hearing like how he prepares and how some of the greats prepare. I'm like, okay, it's it's similar, right? And that's what it is. So I tell I tell people all the time, it's like one speech for me is like an eight hour workday. Yeah. Because there's so much prep that mm. goes into it. So mm. for me, like wifey knows this. I like to have my space, my time. Yeah. Um, because you can always tell the cats that prepare and the ones that don't prepare. Mm. Some of them I I know gifted speakers that don't have to prepare and they won't. Yeah. But they're all they're never going to excel and elevate. Mm. And there's times I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold you. Like there's times where I just show up like, yo. I'm going to just speak you yeah. know, from the heart. Yeah. yeah. But even when I talk to young cats, I'm like, yo, like write stuff down, take notes, yeah. research, right? Yeah. Cause you want to really help people. Like yeah. you have to give them something. So for me, man, I think, so this last week, uh, over the Saturday, Sunday, I spoke three times. Mm-hmm. Right. And so prior to that, how that week looks is me like spending a lot of time in coffee shops. Right. Just going through my iPad, yeah. um, and then there's then there's some speeches where it's very similar. It's because I have different audiences. Yep. Yeah. So exactly. I know, like in in July, I'll be gone like six times, but I know the audiences are mostly like youth that have experienced foster care. So the content will be similar. Yeah. yeah. But I'll I'll definitely craft it, you know, to something for them. Gotcha. But I'll, for the most part, I, I want to connect with them and share my story. Now, if I'm speaking to an organization. And they want strategy, like I want it to be fresh, and so yeah. I'm doing some research and you know yeah. preparing in that way. Yeah. I don't really like to use notes, and yeah. so I, I take a ton of notes and look at them, and then oftentimes I just leave like the iPad at my seat. Mm-hmm. So then it's still <laughs> it's still fresh. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's not. I remember I had a cat tell me he said, "Man, you don't want it to be on you. You want it to be in you." Yep. Right. Because when it's in you, you come off as authentic. Yeah. I don't want to be up there like, "Yo, hold on one second. Let me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, then you you don't elevate that way. So that's kind of, I guess, the prep. The prep just changes. So to any any young cats or that are looking to speak, I would encourage you to man find your voice. Uh, that's most important. Yeah, that yeah. comes from preparation. Yeah. yeah, I remember like when I first started, I didn't watch other speakers for like the first five years. Yeah, because I was so many cats sounded same mm. right and so for me i'm like i, I want to find my voice yeah so i remember watching this uh, eric thomas when he first took off like 10 years ago this eric thomas video and then i show up to his speech and i'm like i'm kind of yelling like et like this isn't me <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah. and that's dope for him yeah, <laughs> i remember yeah. like speaking like 
Come on, if you if you yeah. want it bad enough, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he has like that distinct. <laughs> That's his, voice. right? Yeah, yeah, you and know he, he is. And he's dope. Yeah. But I stopped watching him. I stopped watching other speakers. I'm like, yo, I just want to find my voice. And I found my voice. Mm. And now I'm okay with watching, you know, other speakers. But for me, it's like, I had to find my voice. And so that's what I'll share yeah. with young people, man. Find your voice yeah. uh, and be true to it. Be confident yeah. in it, right? Because the one thing about speaking, uh, people say there's, it's, you know, the market's watered down. There's so many speakers. But people connect, mm. right? I was mm. talking to a cat yesterday. Mm. I was telling my wife, he called me because he's speaking at uh, this event that I spoke at a couple years ago. And we're with the same agency now. Yeah, He's like, yo, how'd it go? What'd you think about it? And I got off the phone. I was like, yo, it's crazy. I used to, like, study this cat. Like, when I first started, when yeah. I had that year of, like, watching other speakers, yeah. I was like, this was one yeah. <laughs> that I watched. And now yeah. I'm on the line with him. He's asking me about something yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just crazy how, how it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. That's dope. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I also love how you're um, giving insight to why, why people should take it as a craft. Because I think no matter what people do, man, you know, sometimes people – I heard something – where they said, um, if someone makes something look easy, you best believe it's hard as hell. You know what I mean? Like, they put in a lot of hard work to make it look easy. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm just glad you're able to break that down because there's a lot of prep. There's a lot of, like, just a lot of intricacies that go with any sort of industry, any sort of crap. Yeah. And I think that's that's going to help people to take it more seriously if yeah. they want to jump into it. Um, yeah, man, um, I, know, I, know you, I know you're busy. We got a little bit more, little bit more time with you, yeah. bro. But um, – I am curious. So I didn't notice you. You did a. You, you've done it, a lot of interviews, but you did an interview with uh, the Change Starts Here podcast, um, and I was watching that. And you said something in there that actually stuck out to me. Where, um, and I quote it says, "You have to feel the pain to get past the pain." Mm. Um, and I don't know. I just love that message. Um, but I would love for you to kind of elaborate a little bit on that and kind of what you meant by that because it's very yeah. powerful, bro. Yeah, you have to feel it, man. I uh, I like to speak based on the season I'm in. Mm. And so even thinking about that podcast, I was probably in the middle of something like, I need to feel it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I had a, I think that was maybe like a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. maybe two years ago, man. One, like two of my brothers passed away. Um, just like thinking about that time. And it was a, it was a chaotic time, bro. But I remember being in Texas at one of my, at one of my half brothers, his funeral. And the pastor said something along the lines of, he shared a story. And he said, uh, he, he talked about how he grew up on a farm and he said, I used to pick up the, pick up the, you know, the, the poo for mm -hmm. the horses. Mm -hmm. and he said, I remember my daddy used to tell me, he said, uh, it's okay to, to, for it to get on you, right? It's okay for it. It's going to get on your shoes. It's going to get in your clothes. He said, but if that, if that gets inside of you, it, it's all bad. Mm. And he said, that's kind of like pain, right? He said, it's okay to feel it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to be around it. It's okay to grieve. Yeah. He said, but don't let it get in you. Don't let it consume you. Don't let it overtake mm. you. And so I think I was feeling some of that yeah. right there. Yeah. It was like, yo, like I want to feel it. Yeah. But I can't go back to that, to that young cat, high school cat mm -hmm. that, uh, allowed it to consume me. Yeah. You know, thinking too much about the past and thinking too much about the pain. That's and then it, like it consumed me and I was thinking about it and it became a part of me. Right. And I and who I am, like I want to be inspiration, perseverance. And so those are the things I want to consume, consume yep. me. So that's probably where that came from. Yeah, no, that's powerful, bro. That's no, a great that way is. to look at it. That is, man. It kind of reminds me of like some ways that like a lot of people tell people to get over something. Mm -hmm. They don't really tell people to like go through something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in a way yeah. where it's like you kind of get over it. Well, on the flip side of what you're talking about, it's kind of like. They kind of deflect it and it kind of hits them later or something. But yeah, a lot of times, sometimes we just gotta, like you said, we gotta feel it a little bit, and then yeah. that's how you can kind of like yeah. push, push yeah. through it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. straight up. Yeah. You, you gotta use the pain. Yeah. yeah, don't let it use you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. real, bro. Yeah, no, that definitely stuck out to me. Um, a couple more things. Um, obviously you're an author. Yeah. Um, and you did that. You had a, a a book that you released. It was like a book and journal called 30, yep. 30 yep. Days on Purpose." On purpose. Yep. Yeah. Um, to, just if you can kind of give people a little bit about kind of like why you made that and like what the message with that book is, because I mean it's very it's very intentional, and I think yeah. it's yeah, it speaks to intention. So yeah, that was Man, great. So so two thousand seventeen, I I was working on dissertation, mm -hmm. right. Um, 
writing my first children's book, mm-hmm. <laughs> planning wedding. So in, end of like 2000, so 2016, working on dissertation, planning wedding. Um, and during that time, bro, I was taking care of my father who had stage four lung cancer. Mm. And so my father wasn't in my life when I was a kid. Uh, rekindled that relationship. I remember calling him up and said, Pops, I forgive you. Uh, and so he was living in the Midwest. I bought this property uh, back home, a duplex, and said, man, it's time for you to move back home. And so my father had become my best friend for five years. And I'm like, yo, I really just want, I want to learn from him still. There's still things he could teach me. Yeah. But also I want him, like I want my kids one day to have a grandpa, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, man. So my father was diagnosed stage four lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a hard time. I think oftentimes if anyone if anyone has been close close proximity to someone that is struggling with some type of disease that's taken, especially when it's terminal, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He uh, was dying, and I was mm-hmm. his main care provider. Yeah, and I didn't realize how hard that hit me until after he passed. Like, yeah. yo, because the person that's closest, they don't really get time to grieve. Yeah, but for me during that time, bro, it was like, yo, I really have to. I, st- I was speaking a ton. Mm-hmm. I wasn't with the agency yet, but I was just speaking on my own. So I was handling a lot of like administrative stuff. Yeah, my fiance yeah. at the time was helping with a lot of the administrative yeah. stuff. Virtual assistant. That wasn't even a thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Back then. Yeah. So it was me like contract, logistics, typing back yeah. and forth. And then yeah. I'll show up and speak. And then I'll send the thank you cards. And, you know, I was handling yeah. everything, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and taking care of my father, planning this wedding, writing the book, dissertation, yeah. this 300 page paper. And I'm like, yo, if I don't do something like that will help me stay on task, like help me create good habits in this season, it's mm. going to kill me. Mm. And so I started journaling, man. And so so the 30 days on purpose, it was really like, I can't even think 30 days into the future. I'm just trying to get through today. But I realized if you could do something for one day, you could do it for two days. You could do it for two days. Mm-hmm. Eventually those two days turn to four days. It compounds. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, so then... I'll wake up like, yo, let me just journal. Like, let me focus on solution. I believe what we focus on expands, right? So I was like, what am I grateful for today? In the midst of it all, what am I grateful for today? And so I'm like, let me just do this for 30 days. And I remember doing it for 30 days straight. And I was like, yo, I'm still able to operate in my purpose. So that's Mm. really how Mm. it was, it was, uh, it was birth. But after my father passed, uh, he passed a day after my birthday and so this is September. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, and mm-hmm. so if you speak to young people and you speak in schools, you know the end of August and <laughs> September yeah. are like the busiest months, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. And I realized, um, and so I was able to rebuild my business in that season because I'm like, yo, there's no break. There's no, I can't call in sick. There's no backup. Mm-hmm. Pops passed on the 5th. It's like that, it's like the holiday mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. And then that next day, it's assemblies. Yep. I remember being backstage um, and mind you, we got married, we buried him. So I'm planning this now I'm planning this memorial yep. mm-hmm. and a wedding. So we buried wow. my pops September 20th and I got married September 23rd. Wow. On Damn. Dissertation yeah. due. I was set to graduate December. <laughs> so wow. Dissertation due. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm like, yo, if I don't journal, yeah, it will literally kill me. Right. And present. so for me, it took me. So that journal was done in 2017. I didn't release it until last year mm. because it was such an intimate, intimate process for me. Yeah. But one thing about me, like what I share with every audience, I don't talk at people, right? Mm-hmm. I just share with them, like, y'all, I'm really just talking to myself. I'm letting you inside an internal conversation mm. I'm having with myself. So we talk about like preparation. Yeah. It's like what's fresh to me in this moment. Yeah. So yeah. something that's fresh to me in this season in life, like who you are in private is who you are. That's real. So that's what my audiences are going to get. Cause that's what I'm speaking to myself. Like, no, like how are your conversations in private? Do people yeah. feel comfortable calling you to mm. gossip? Mm. Like, how are you treating your wife? How are you treating your kids in private? Because how you win in private is going to be how you win in public. Mm. I can always tell how a person is in private by how they are in public, right? Yeah. You see these mm. public failures. Yeah. You see someone just losing in public. Yeah. Like, bro, I can only imagine how that person is in private. So yeah. in this season for me, it's like, yo, yeah. I'm really striving for excellence in private because that's who, that's what matters most, right? Come on, talk about it. Facts. To me, right? Talk about and it. And so for me, man, that's why it took me so long to even release. I have content for days, Yeah. but it, it's all connected and intimate to me, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's why it's like, 
yeah when the season's right so it took me some years but i released it man and it, it took off yeah. So, yeah yeah no that's i just i just love that um you're able to create things with intention you know what i mean and like you said a lot of times a lot of things people create are for themselves yeah. to begin with it just so happens that you realize that maybe others can utilize it yeah um so that's that's dope man that's that's dope um i still gotta get it uh oh, yeah but i just i, I, I just I'm, re- I'm gonna get y'all a package I'm, I'm, I'm okay it, yeah straight up See, that was it. my way of asking right yeah there. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get y'all a package Every, just send me yeah. send me the sizes hoodies yeah. got we got you. it all yeah got you. Nah, i know we talk about timing i seen that i seen the journal and i was just like i need that right now you know what i mean i was yeah. like damn yeah no and, and, and that's i dope, hate journaling too i i hate like writing, yeah, but yeah. It, it saved it. It really saved my life. Mm-hmm. Real talk, mm-hmm. it saved my life. And I didn't realize when the pandemic hit, and when I sat down, I thought about that season talking to my therapist, and she said something about my dad, and I started crying. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Where are those coming from?" I'm like, "I don't know." I didn't mm-hmm. even cry at his, <laughs> at, his yeah. at his memorial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't have time to grieve because yeah. it's like you bury him, and then you're doing the eulogy. Yeah. You're the best speaker here. Yeah. So now you have to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I'm like, man, if I wasn't because I couldn't express my emotion because everyone was coming to me. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I feel bad. About You're the go to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So when I journal and when she said that 2020 hit, she brought up my pops. I started crying. She's like, where those come from? I'm like, I don't know. Mm. I was like, I kind of got them out in the journaling. And I think that saved my life. So I was yeah. able to release some of it. Yeah. But during those conversations, like that eight weeks, wherever I met with her, it was like, yo, this is this is insane. Mm. Here I am as the person that is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. self-care, 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 yeah. and realize I didn't even do it, you know, myself. So. No, that's, bro, that's a message because I do believe, and this is a message for anybody out there. If you're someone's go-to or if you are the go-to, you got to fi- understand you need to go to. And sometimes yeah. it can be in the form of a journal, right? It can be in the form of spirituality, whatever it works, but you, you should yeah. you should be aware that you also need that, you know what I mean? So that's good. That's a good message for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Well, you know, um, bro, you, we could talk with you all day, bro. Man. Like for days, oh, for sure. Man. I mean, you, you got full a lot of gems and wisdom, and uh, you've been dropping them. Um, I did. I am curious. We always ask all our guests this question. I'm just curious, like, what excites you for the future? Like, what are mm-hmm. some things that you got coming down a pipeline? Um, it could be near or even down down the line, far down the line, whatever the case is. But um, yeah. What What are you looking forward to? What should people be looking forward to? Yeah, man. I would. There's a lot, man. Uh, I think in this season, I, I've been grateful for some of the conversations I'm having in private, mm. like with some of our leaders, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a season of influence where I could be, I could be, you know, walking early morning and might run into like a local politician, mm-hmm. or I get a call from one of the professional athletes. Yeah. So I'm like, in this season, I feel like I'm a people that have influence are calling me. So I'm grateful for that. Mm. Um, and I feel like it's an important season because our leaders need someone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I have people that I talk to, but I think, man, I'm just, I'm grateful for the, some of those conversations mm-hmm. that will never end up on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They won't yeah. be in a book. Yeah. I'm really, cause that's how, if we talk about winning in private, yep. I know something good will come from it, right? Public yeah. success will come from it. Yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for that, bro. Grateful, uh, have <laughs> my wifey's pregnant. So another kid coming. Yep. Yeah. And then, man, just really, like, we talk about infrastructure. Yep. Building a dope infrastructure that allows me to be home. I don't want to be the busiest speaker. Mm-hmm. I want to be the most impactful, right? That makes sense, um, yeah. And so yeah. just grateful that I'm building an infrastructure that allows me to speak yeah. a few times a month, yeah. travel, like, a couple day trips, yeah. but really, like, build dope things at home that yeah. mean a lot to me, so. No, man. That's what's up, man. We're looking forward to it, bro. Yeah. yeah. For sure, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm excited, man, and. You know, I, I always say, like, a lot of times we're just getting started. And, yeah. and sometimes we live in a world or uh, society now. I feel like everything's accelerated. So yeah. you can get a lot done in, like, window of five years, whatever, ten years. Straight but it's like, yeah. yo, that might just be chapter one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Def- you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely, definitely excited for what's to come. So before we get you out of here, um, we always ask our guests this question. So if you can, my brother, what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why? Faith, mm. faith. Um, my granddaddy, my granddaddy was a preacher uh, for fifty years. For me, um, one thing I learned from him, uh, 
faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, like a vision, right? So for me, it's like faith, having a faith, belief, you talk about belief, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and really just having a vision, man, for uh, just for not just for my life, but for my family and for my community. So I'll say like faith, belief. Mm. I use those those two words on a daily basis for mm. sure. I love that. Dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. That's powerful stuff, bro. Yeah. That's powerful, man. Yeah. Real. Um, yeah, man, like I said, this has been a this has been uplifting, bro, and, and inspiring, um, energizing for mm-hmm. sure. And I know for sure if you've been viewing or listening, um, if you're not inspired, man, like what I always tell them, go run it back. <laughs> yeah. Run it back. You know what I mean? You might have missed it on the first yeah. track. Run it back, man. Uh, but John, man, we just want to thank you again for being here, bro. Um, for the work you do, we'll continue to do. Um, you know, we wish you much success moving forward. Yeah, always, man. Thank you. And you know you got support with us here at the Up and Up Always, bro. Always, man. Always, yeah, man. Always, sure. bro. Appreciate sure, man. y'all. Yeah, yeah, man. So I think it's safe to say, man, with that being said, Dr. John Push Gaines and the whole Push organization, movement, brand are officially members of the Up and Up. Can we get a yeah. round of applause, man? Give it up. Give it up. Thank you, brother. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, Tom. Yes, sir. Appreciate Appreciate you, man. Man. Yeah. That's a wrap. Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the up and up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire up and up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore the up and up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the up and up has coming your way. Thanks for listening. And until the next one, keep it on the up and up.